Welcome back to our journey through the Bhagavad Gita. I'm here with Chaitanya Charan, our teacher. I'm Radha, and uh, I'm here with Balaram as well. We are at chapter 2, text 20. And um, we are hearing from Krishna right now. We're, we're hearing all of these reasons that um, Arjuna should, should maybe change the way he's thinking around fighting. And um, we're going to continue with that. So, CC. Thank you. So, here we are in text 20. The previous text discussed about how to think that I am killing is ignorance. The discussed about the the depth of existence of a person, that the person is not the body but the soul. Now we are looking at the breadth, the, the length of the existence. Jayate mriyate va kadachin bhavita va Ajo shashvito yam purano nahanyate hanyamane sharire. Translation For the soul, there is neither birth nor death at any time. He has not come into being, does not come into being, and will not come into being. He is unborn, eternal, ever existing, and primeval. He is not slain when the body is slain. So, this text exists. We want to understand the soul's existence, or rather, mm -hmm, and better understand a person. A person's existence, if you want to understand, we talk in terms of the depth that there is. There are multiple layers to people, and then there's the length. So. In terms of length, what is being said is this is one lifetime. Mm -hmm. Now, before the lifetime, the soul existed. After the lifetime, also the soul continues to exist. So the the, the non-spiritual understanding is that you know there are two exchange. This is that this is our life, and this is somehow. The matter that come that makes our bodies matter comes alive somehow, and then then we have the sense of oh I'm a person and I'm existing. But before this, there is a infinity of nothingness, and there is an infinity of nothingness after that. In the past, an infinite of nothingness in the future. But that's not the understanding of the Gita. That there is an infinity of existence in the past. And there will be infinity of existence in the future. So, now the word, the soul has no birth, is unborn. Unborn, let me say if somebody is not born, how will they exist? So basically, what it means is that it exists outside the conception of birth and death. Because when we talk about birth, it signifies a beginning, and death signifies an end. 
but the soul exists outside this conception and in the in the material existence there is cause and effect some cause leads to some effect eventually but in this material that's the material domain so the soul's existence is beyond this material domain that's the so the whole point of this analysis is to teach educate educating by contrasting so whatever are what we think are the attributes of the body the so body's attributes they are being told they are not present the opposite are the soul's attributes and that way the the method that is being used here is called edu is education by contrasting or it is also called educating by negating this is not okay what are we looking at you okay is it is it that cloud i am looking at no is it that branch is it that tree is it that no so that is the method of education so point or rather focus by neglecting or rejecting mm, objects can not not of interest not of interest not of focus that is the method being used here and that's why the idea is so no birth no death that does not has not come into being is not coming into being will not come into being so we will see that not again later in the 23rd text also but that's the broad approach being used here okay Any so reflections comments yeah it's teaching us about the characteristics of the soul by using something like the body which we relate to and we know really well so it's saying as the body dies the soul the soul doesn't die it doesn't come into being the body comes into being the soul doesn't come into being so it's kind of teaching us by showing us how it's different than the body which is what we know really well yeah right, right. perfect it's a good point that it's it's going from familiar which is the body for us to the unfamiliar which is the soul and while the unfamiliar is completely opposite the soul but still the body the familiar is the reference point for going to that point of the soul oh. any comments balram you're on mute balram thank you that been some noise um yeah i was just going to say i come across this idea often that um many people my age now believe that there's an infinite number of ways you can conceptualize the world and everyone's opinion may be different and equally valid or not valid and but here krishna is giving by negating the bodily conception as being the place where most people are everyone's on this bodily platform like rada said we relate to it easily and is pointing out it's not that and taking us beyond it so the soul is is there beyond it as a way of understanding the soul 
Yeah, exactly. See, somehow, if you consider the idea of hmm, infinite possibilities, as you rightly said, of equally valid, you know, this doesn't never applies in the physical domain, isn't it? There are not infinite ways you can construct a house. You have to have a foundation. You can construct the superstructure in various zigzag ways for art. But the foundation, there are only so many ways in which you can construct it. Yeah. Otherwise, the, it will not be able to bear the weight. Hmm? So somehow, what will nobody will say that this works in the physical domain. Somehow we say that it, it will work in the metaphysical domain. Will it? There are only so many ways in which reality can be, you can create a model even using metaphysics, which can explain the way the world functions. So, so ultimate grounding should be, anybody can come up with any theory, but it has to be able to explain the way we experience life, explain the way the world functions. So, so here, what Krishna is doing is, he is using in the Gita an approach by which uh, the gradual elimination of what is incorrect is being done. Mm, Sherlock Holmes would say to Watson that when you have eliminated the other possibilities, what remains? All other possibilities you have eliminated, then what remains? However improbably it seems to be, that is what has happened. So in that sense, that approach, okay, this couldn't have happened, this couldn't have happened. You know, this killer, this person has been killed, and you know, there was there's a six-year-old child over here. No, the six-year-old child could not have put this knife into this person. And then there is this, and there's this. Okay, this this could not happen. Then this is what has happened. So sometimes when negation, uh, that that is a common approach that is used. Not all scenarios are. Mm -hmm. So if certain scenarios are rejected, then whatever remains is what is to be accepted. That's the approach Krishna is using in here also. Mm -hmm. So now, here, I'd like to make one more point about the eternality of the soul. That uh, when we use the word eternal, that itself has two distinct conceptions. One is what the Gita mentions, no beginning and no end. Now, this is the Gita's understanding. But there is the the Christian or the biblical understanding, which is simply no end. That, that, that idea is that, again, this is an implication that comes because Christianity does not accept reincarnation. So what happens is, for them, this life itself is the beginning. So when a man and a woman unite, 
at that time it is not just the body that is created according to the idea the soul is created so now this leads again to a lot of problems which we won't go into but if that is the beginning of the soul then uh, why does the soul not come with a blank slate mm -hmm. why does this that each child has its own individuality and some children are more short tempered some children are born poor some children are born wealthy so what has the child done mm -hmm. so jesus famously asked his followers when he saw a blind person that what made this person what caused this person blind was it the parents misdeeds or was it their the, this person's misdeed now that the person could have done a misdeed was uh, what kind of misdeed could the person have done if they had no pre existence that just folded the 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 baby could have folded the legs wrong in the womb the for that that punishment is you get blown blind that doesn't make any sense so with no pre existence now of course in that context jesus gave explanation said that oh this child was born this person was born blind so that the power of the mercy of god could be shown and he miraculously made that person uh, oh, give the person eyes but now that's not that doesn't happen to every blind person and that's not the so in that particular context jesus used that blindness as a launching pad for demonstrating his mercy but that's not a universal explanation for issues like this for so this idea that this there's just no end but it is a beginning that is not a very sustainable idea because if this is the beginning of lifetime and beginning of not the beginning of life and beginning of soul then the question that comes up is why why different beginnings for different people and not just different beginnings they are drastically different beginnings so a much more logical understanding is that the soul has had previous existences and it's carrying on from previous existences that's what will be mentioned that's 22nd text and we'll go to that shortly but any reflections at this point okay so you're you're comparing the christian conception of the soul again with with the conception that's explained in the gita and that and that the christian conception is that there's a beginning and no end whereas the gita there's no beginning and no end and you're saying that it it makes more sense that there's no beginning and no end because if there's just a beginning in the christian conception if there's just a beginning and no end then how how do we get even new souls how do new souls come into existence like it, in the gita it's like it like cycles but the but it's not, not a question of how, not how do not how do souls come into existence it is why do souls uh, have different starting points at their existence why do they have different starting points okay how is a different question entirely that if a soul is created every time a, a man and a woman unite and there's conception then okay god is creating souls all the time okay maybe but then 
why would the souls who are created be different in the sense that it's the difference we talked about in two why different beginnings one is psychological like some kids have a greater tendency towards violence or anger or shyness or oh, artistic and then psychological and also you could say social some kids are born in wealthy circumstances psychological physical some kids are born blind some kids are born wealthy some kids are born poor so is it clear oh. now Yeah so now you're kind of bringing in the conception of karma in that when the soul comes in it comes with this particular karma makeup that it has to carry out and that's why in the gita conception of the soul it is the souls are different when they come in because they're coming from a past life so they're carrying k- karma from that past life and in the christian conception there's that's yeah. not exist I'm not necessarily implying that karma exists all that I'm saying is that karma is a big subject and we are going to discuss that and it's valid what you're saying but at this point from a minimalist assumption perspective that if you have a classroom and in the classroom there are some students who are just given a grade and some students are given say c or d grade right at the starting point itself hey why is like that Uh, i have not failed any exam i am not even given any exam so the, what would logically say is that there must be some pre existence there must be okay you went a pre, you must have performed some exam poorly and that's how you got these marks so i i am just the term karma i will introduce gradually in the bhagavad gita so it is karma but even if somebody doesn't want to use the word karma at this stage that there is some pre-existence and something has happened in the pre-existence pre-existence means existence before this existence from where which has contributed to where you are right okay. now and yeah you can use the word karma for it but i just don't want to introduce too many unfamiliar words too fast okay all that we are saying is to say that the soul has no beginning leaves us with a question of big question about an un- unanswered question about why are the beginnings different hmm. okay I've, i've heard christians struggle with the ego trap of then taking credit for their beginnings such as we learned in school the divine providence theory that the colonial americans felt that if they were so easily able to overpower the native americans that god must want them to and so they felt that god had gifted them this whole beautiful land and they took it very easily very quickly but i've also heard other christians perhaps more humble they try to separate it and they say well i didn't do this this is all god's glory so they give the glory to god but i don't know that i've heard any explanation for why it was given to me you know why me and not you yeah so it's an interesting point yeah true i mean yeah we could go into the problem of evil that's a big problem and we will discuss it in due course but i just want to make this point that there are two different conceptions of the of the idea of eternity and i was explaining that we, why one conception makes a little more sense than the other one sure so let's just go to the next text and we'll conclude with this veda vinashinam nityam yena majamavyam katham sapurushah partha 
कम घातयति हंति कम ओ पार्टा हाउ कैन अ पर्सन हु नोज दैट द सोल इज इनडिस्ट्रक्टेबल इटर्नल अनबोर्न एंड इम्यूटेबल किल एनी वन और कॉज एनी वन टू किल सो इन वन सेंस कृष्णा इज कंटिन्यूइंग द थीम ऑफ द सुपरफिशियलिटी और द uninformed nature of arjuna's concerns krishna is telling arjuna that if you understand that the real person is never going to be killed then why would you get so worked up about the body being killed so it's that is you are not going to you are not killing the soul nor am i kill or am i telling you to kill the soul so the idea is that in this particular text the focus krishna is saying don't have it on the body have it on the soul and if you really understand that the soul is indestructible then you cannot no one can kill the soul no one can cause anyone to kill the soul so the idea is that when we have doership what exactly are we trying to do so the subsequent verse will explain i'll just mention this point over here arjun will have the question that okay then what exactly am i doing over here if i'm not killing so you're not killing you will say that you are actually uh, like a surgeon you are operating and the purpose of a surgeon is not to at all to kill it is to cure it is to protect so that is what you will be doing that's what krishna will explain in the next verse we will discuss that later but here when he saying how can you kill how can i cause you to kill the point is that he is telling that actually that's an informed that's an uninformed vision so any concluding reflections stop thank you thank you so balram just thinking in the uh, the gravity of this uh the setup of the war and having like krishna's top students is such a serious thing it's it's uh yeah just thinking in every time you say he's killing he's killing is making me think wow he's really going to kill these people yeah it's true but it's the uh, it's a starting point for a deeper deeper philosophical discussion yes it is definitely a not a casual discussion it is ideas have consequences so world views they also have effect on the world so we discussed two main points today first was the idea that educating by negating that is what krishna is using over here when he is telling that how the soul is different from the body is the body is the starting point for the discussion and he is saying that the soul is not born that means that the soul is unlike the body it doesn't exist within the cause effect connection and the soul does not come into being the soul is not destructible and then we discussed about the redefining eternal it does it mean no beginning and no end 
Hmm. Or does it just mean no end? We discussed the problem with this that this, if there's only no end, then why different beginnings? The best explanation for the the, the explanation is there is some pre-existence. That's the logical explanation. And then last point briefly we discussed was how here hmm, killing is actually and it's an illusory understanding, it's actually treating or operating. And that's the implication that Krishna will be elaborating in a subsequent verses. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.